Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York City metropolitan area, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Uh, please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. If you'd like to give some feedback, you can go on VeritasCatholic.com, VeritasCatholic.com, and we would definitely appreciate anything that uh, you'd like for us to know about, not just Frontline with Joe and Joe, but all the, all the programming on our station. And finally, if you'd like to support Joe and I on social media, you can follow us at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV on youtube hey one of our videos got taken down recently on youtube damien so you know we're doing something right you know we're definitely doing something <laughs> right um and you know i just mentioned damien because today we're very pleased and honored to be welcoming back to the program damien o'connor we're going to be discussing a very important topic uh autism and the catholic faith um and you know it's a it, it's going to be an interesting conversation and one that Joe and I feel is valuable and people need to hear. Uh, very briefly, for those of you who don't remember Damien from our last conversation, he has an MA in religious education from Fordham University. His career has consisted of working for the church in various capacities over the last 25 years. He was hired to be the director of adult formation for the Diocese of Bridgeport in 2008 and was subsequently asked by Bishop Laurie at the time in 2009 to join his senior staff by directing the Faith Formation Office for the same diocese of Bridgeport. In 2011, he was appointed the National Advisory Council of the USCCB. And in 2012, he was elected to the executive board as chairperson. The Knights of Columbus hired Damien in the fall of 2017 as the director of Catholic Information Service. And his current role is the vice president of evangelization and faith formation. Damien O'Connor, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thanks so much, brothers. It's really great to be back. It's always a pleasure to have you, my friend. Uh, we're going to start with a prayer, Damien, because all good things start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs> Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. In the name amen. of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Damien, I think a good place to start is with some statistics. <clears throat> the Autism Society of America estimates that there are 1.5 million or one in 150 children with the autism disorder. I know this is a very personal subject for you. You and your wife are raising two children with autism. Uh, Joe Pasillo has a niece that's on the spectrum as well. So I think this will be a really good conversation um, with regard to our faith, as well as very informative to our listeners. Just give us a little uh, background, you know, with regard to how that experience has basically impacted you and your wife, what you're doing. And, uh, how you're moving forward with it. Well, thank you again for having me on, and I appreciate the opportunity. Obviously, it's very personal to be able to talk about this, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity very much. Uh, my wife and I are two, we have three children. They're actually young adults now, but two of them were diagnosed uh, with autism uh, six months apart from each other. And so they were roughly around two years old, and my son is. Uh, 18 months older. And so we have our daughter, Mary, uh, who was diagnosed. And then six months later, my son, Damien Jr. Um, and so it was a, it was a devastating time for us. And we were young and didn't, we, we went through a lot of guilt issues. Maybe we did something wrong, or maybe it was the vaccines that they got. And we, we didn't know what, what happened, but I'll tell you one thing. We were, we were angry at God at the time. We very naively thought that 
because we thought we had been living such a so-called great Catholic life and doing everything we should be doing and that we deserved better. And that was, I'm, I'm just giving you the raw emotion. That's what was going on at the time. And we were, we were devastated because we had no idea uh, what to do, you know, and no one in our families had dealt with this. And so it was a very challenging time for us and really tested our faith. You know, it's funny you say that um, because like, I have five kids under seven um, and it's hard, mm. you know, like it's, it's humbling. And I could, I, I could relate to what you're saying. I think God um, really asks us to pour ourselves out through our life in ways like, I mean, and I did all those things like as a single Catholic guy, um, volunteering my time, working in missions, but I'll tell you what, you know, it is not easy. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And you could say to yourself, even basic things like let's pray the family rosary, get interrupted 15 times. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Or do. let's, let's go to church, pulling kids out in, out, who's crying, changing diapers in the toilet. I mean, I've even said to my wife, like at church in frustration, why are we even here? Like, I'm not even present, not even a, for a minute. But God works through all those things. And I, I'm sure you could, you know, basically talk about that because, I mean, it stretches you. Absolutely. There's a, a very quick story when we were getting married and our, the homily at our wedding ceremony, the priest said, look how beautiful they look, handsome, Ivanka looks gorgeous. And he said, if they had any idea what they were about to encounter in their marriage, they'd run screaming out of this church right now. And everybody laughed. And looking back, he was he was absolutely right, you know. Um, but what we had to learn, if I may, um, we had to, I actually left the faith for a little bit during this time because I was, we were so devastated and I had two choices to make. And it's, and that's been the choice of our, that should be, it's really every day for us as Catholics, complete abandonment to Christ or joining the rebellion of the evil one. There's two choices here. And so I had to, we had to completely surrender ourselves to God. And that was really, really hard because we had no idea what we were doing. And we discovered this. We discovered that we had to physically mourn what we thought our children would become so that we could then see the incredible blessing right there in front of us. But we had to first mourn this image, this idea that what we thought was going to happen. And then once we were able to get through that, we saw this precious gift from God that was right there. That That's, a, that's amazing that you... you that you talk about it that way, Damien, because I think that's, that's one of the things that I, I think happens is that, I don't know, do you think that maybe people have a misconception or, or again, every, people have an ideal of how they might want their life to go, what their family's going to look like. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I, I think it would be a really good idea to stay grounded. I think that's what you're talking about. And, you know, forget about it because I think that might be one of our problems in America is like everything is, everything's got to be perfection and idealized. In the meantime, like you said, what you have is a gift right in front of you. You, you know what I mean? Something maybe you didn't think about. I, I think it's important. Is that is that deepened your, I mean, when you look at it that way, you know, the, looking at this as a gift, has that deepened your faith or how has it deepened your faith? You said you, you were away uh, or mm -hmm. moved away from the church for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, upon your return, because of course the good Lord knew you were going to return, um, how has your faith deepened uh, in, in, in ways? Well, it taught us what I should have, realized before that and i just didn't it taught us that my wife and i that we have to be complete we have to completely surrender ourselves to god but that's all of us though you know we think we only need god here or there you know god doesn't give you more than you can handle i think that's crazy i think that everything's more than we can handle we have to surrender ourselves to god and this was an, a very powerful way for us to encounter christ actually but, i mean once we realized this precious gift we had in front of us it opened all kinds of doors and all kinds of experiences. And honestly, it opened up a lot of humor. There's a lot of funny, great things that happen. I could tell you stories for hours, you know, just funny stories about our kids. Um, and it's because of their autism, not laughing at them, but they can do awkward things. And we found this joy of laughter with them. And to this day, it just even this morning, things happen, you know, and um, it just opened our eyes to, the, this joy of following Christ and, and through that surrendering. And 
our our kids and I, I'm happy to share stories, but they've they've really opened our eyes to that reality that God's so present in our lives. And these kids, now adults, are living icons of Christ right in front of us. You know, Absolutely. You, you said something I think that's very important. You talked about total abandonment. I think sometimes, like our brothers and sisters in the faith, have a misconception of getting to heaven. And why I say that is heaven is emptying yourself. And God knows us, and he gives us things like children, like a, a marriage that's open to life, which empties you of you. And that's the path to heaven. Like for everyone, Christ died on the cross. He did it willingly for the worst people on earth. I can't do that. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's beyond me. But he gave me kids and a wife. And that is, it's easy to say, but when you're tired, you're up at two in the morning, you've worked a 60 hour work week, you have to do 700,000 things on Saturday. That's a prayer. <laughs> I got news for you. And it doesn't look pretty. You see, that's what people like sometimes like I, I, I'll be honest, I've heard I've seen this with religious people. They'd be like, oh, that's beautiful. You're like, that's beautiful. Step in my shoes for a little bit. Beautiful. I'll tell you, beautiful. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but that's the path to Christ. That's right. That's exactly right. But when people come out to our house, I often will joke. Uh, they'll say, oh, your house looks so clean and this and that. And I said, well, we just cleaned it. So you don't know how we actually really live. And my wife gets angry every time I do that. But the, what the reality is, we don't want to sometimes faith in living our faith and surrendering and a complete abandonment is exactly what you just said, Joe. Sometimes it's really, really hard and it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. But yeah, that in those moments at 2 a.m. get waking up to help the kids or whatever you have to do, I can surrender that to God. I can surrender that suffering if you will. And it's a very powerful form of prayer. But I think we confuse it with it's supposed to feel great. And that's not always the case. No way. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Damien O'Connor is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosinello in the breach, talking about the Catholic uh, autism and the Catholic faith. Excuse me, that's a topic of conversation for today. But you mentioned, Damien, about um, obviously, you know, we all, we all have our struggles to bear. I mean, that's part of life. Like you said, I mean, people go look at life in general and say, hey, if I do this, 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 and this, everything's just going to be great and just believe in Jesus and nothing's going to go wrong. Obviously, the Catholic Church for 2,000 years has taught. No, it's kind of the opposite. You might get things thrown at you. Probably will get things thrown at you. Let's call it, let's say, even purposely for you to overcome, to challenge you, to keep you moving closer to Christ. Um, what would you What would you say to parents? You mentioned you know you were away. You moved away from the faith, maybe feeling isolated. What would you say to parents? Um, out there who have children with autism, what would be some practical things about helping them to, to overcome whatever anxiety they might be feeling and understand their children as, as a gift? What would you say practically that you would tell them? Sure. And it's a, it's a tough question to answer because there's so many different types of, uh, or not types of autism, but there's high functioning, low functioning and everything in between. Um, but number one would be you're not alone. You're not alone at all. Number two, for me personally, I understand. I really, really understand what they're going through. Um, but I discovered that, and I also understand, Joe, that it's very difficult to bring children on the spectrum to mass because there's all kinds of things going on. Maybe they have outbursts or maybe they have um, uncontrollable motions and arms, hand, whatever. Um, and you get a little, maybe a little embarrassed by that. Um, but I'll tell you, it took a long time for me to figure this out. There's the, a beauty within our faith, literally that we see and smell in the, in the Catholic mass that is very, it actually affected our children. It wasn't the homilies and other things that we might think of. I remember when I finally started going back to mass again, as I said, I'm, an, I'm kind of embarrassed that I left for a while, but once I started coming back, I remember during the consecration, our daughter, Mary, who barely knew how to speak, and we most certainly didn't offer her any catechesis at that point, nothing. Um, the, the father raised the host during the consecration, and she said very loudly, hi, Jesus. 
my wife started bawling. I never taught her that. We never taught her. That. Like, she just knew. So that opened our eyes to a whole other world of how they experience the mass and literally smells from the incense, the beauty that they see, the stained glass windows. It was, we realized that's how they're connecting here. And the music too. My daughter has often started to cry during a song that I thought was okay. And she, I'd say, what's wrong, Mary? And she'd say, it's beautiful. And so she's encountering the mass in a different way. And so we have, there's ways that our children can see the beauty of, of the mass itself. But I, I also, I understand how difficult it is to bring them there because there's all kinds of sensory things that are going on that are difficult. But our daughter, and I'll, I'll stop at this, but she even has to wear headphones like the ear protectors because of the acoustics. Took us like five years to figure this out why she was so upset because the acoustics was too much. But once she wore them, she was good, she was good to go. So it's about figuring out how they can be comfortable there. Um, and I, I'd start with that. Okay, thank, how, thank you for how, that, Damien O'Connor. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, how have you, like your, your wife and, and yourself like brought her, do, do, do they have like catechism, you know, like for kids? Like, is there like some type, how, how did, how do you guys approach that situation? Sure. And again, we had no idea what we were doing, even though I worked for the church uh, at the, believe it or not, at this time. And so we had to figure out what do we do here? And so I offered it to your listeners now, and hopefully they already know, but the National Catholic Partnership on Disability, it's ncpd.org. And there's all kinds of resources on there to assist not only parents, but also priests and anyone that's catechizing uh, these children. There's, there's lots of different ways to do it, but we do have to think outside of the box. And in my experience, I've worked with some incredible priests that were absolutely wonderful or incredible DREs and that have helped us a great deal. But we have to, as, as parents with kids on the spectrum, we have to be patient with some of our priests too. I want, I just want to throw that out there because they weren't trained in this in the seminary. And so this could be very difficult to think about how do I catechize this child who's on the spectrum or how do I, how do they receive the sacraments? And so I found that it's a wonderful beautiful process to go through uh, with a lot of priests that are open to it, but they also need some guidance too. So I'd strongly suggest ncpd.org. There's just so many wonderful resources on it. Excellent. Damien O'Connor joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we're discussing autism and the Catholic faith. Damien, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the Catholic church gets criticized on a number of different levels, but there's a beautiful statement, um, that, uh, Pope Francis made in 2020 and he addressed children with autism and their parents at an event at the Vatican. And this is what the Holy father had to say, quote, God created the world with a wide variety of flowers of all kinds of colors. Each flower has its own beauty, which is unique. Also, each one of us is beautiful in the eyes of God and he loves us. This makes us feel the need to say to God, Thank you. Close quote. Your thoughts on that statement? I think it's I, I I think it's a beautiful statement. I think it's it's absolutely true. What are your thoughts? I think it's absolutely fantastic, and it, it as you said, it is beautiful. Um, and I cannot imagine my children now being any different than they are. Like they are such a gift, um, and I do say thank you for them uh, every day. I think. The challenge for us, and it's not just with autism, it's with a lot of things trying to live our Catholic faith. We're so influenced by secular society. And so this child or a young adult, in my case, uh, that is on the spectrum, are they worth less than those that are not on the spectrum? Well, absolutely not. They're equally loved in the eyes of God and should be by society. But we do fall into that trap. You know, are they as useful as others? And you know, you it, and it's we got to be very, very careful with that. And, and as Catholics, we have to choose to live different, differently than secular society. We have to intentionally do that. I, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I mean, I encounter that as well. Um, because it, listen, you have an MA from Fordham. I have an MBA. I work in corporate America. Um, you have friends. Everybody. It's like. My kid is on the all-star team in baseball. My kid got a 1600 on the SAT. My kid is going to Columbia Law School. That's the measure of these circles. Like, and, and frankly, 
in, and this is what Joe and I were talking about actually before the show, it's some of our Catholic schools, the measure is not to create saints, it's to create achievement. Christ doesn't care about that. We have to get that through our thick head. That doesn't mean we don't try to achieve, but he does not care. Like I could guarantee you that I'm not in front of him, but I can guarantee you that he's not impressed. He's impressed with the heart. And we have to, as Catholics, view the world and people in through that lens. And that is like you said, it's very hard because we're influenced in a different way. You go to any alumni event at Fordham, you go, and I'm not picking on Fordham. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter mm-hmm. where it is. This is the pervasive idea. It's like, you know, and that's just not the way God looks at things. Yeah. St. Teresa of Calcutta. I, I forget the exact quote, but uh, she said, I'm not, I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. And, and yeah, I, sometimes I think, and this is just my opinion, God allows so many different, uh, maybe it's developmental disabilities or other disabilities because it forces us to, uh, absolutely look at life differently. It forces us to love in a different way. And it forces us to see the beauty and the gift that's right there. Um, and to think outside of this, this box that we've created for ourselves where everyone has to be successful. What does that mean? God's not going to ask me if I was successful. God willing, if I go to heaven, he's not going to ask me. He's going to ask me if I was faithful. No question. It's so true. I think that, that that's really where we're missing the mark in America. A lot of people, they, they look around at what our problems are. Our problems are is that our hearts are not in the right place. So, if, so if you know, if you, if, and again, this is not to beat up on people who want their kids to be successful. There's no problem with success, but that's not the measuring rod. That's not what it's all about. You know, the, no, no parent sends their kid to a good Catholic school because they want them to, you know, let's say for argument's sake, nothing wrong with truck driving because I did it myself years ago. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, to be a truck driver. But if you are and his heart's in the right place, well, you, you've been successful as a parent. Um, I want to get back to what something you said before, because we have a few minutes before the end of the break. Damian O'Connor joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing autism in the Catholic faith. We live in a throwaway culture. I think it was Pope St. John Paul II was characterized it that way. We have a throwaway culture. Okay. Throwaway life. You got to, you got to, they, they try to diagnose kids in the womb now so that if you want, then you could subsequently turn around and you could, you could throw your child away if they're not exactly up to, you know, if they have anything wrong, whether it's down syndrome, you know, Joe and I have commented on the show before, like they just talk about down syndrome, Iceland brags, that they have zero Down syndrome children because you killed them all. That's why you have zero Down syndrome children, not because there's something great in the water. Talk about the need to understand that, you know, we don't throw life away. You want to straighten out America? You want to straighten out our problems? How, How about we get rid of that notion right off the bat? Kids are not to be thrown away because they have this disability or that disability. Okay, um, and get it through your head. If you do that, then then you have a problem with your heart, you know. And yes, that might sound critical and judgmental, but we need to confront this throwaway culture. I think that's why you're important. It's important for you to be on the show today, Damien, to talk about this. Talk about the need to counteract as Catholics in America this throwaway culture. Say no, 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 no. We value life. We don't throw it away. What uh, what would you say to that? Yeah, well, I couldn't agree with you more. And we can go at this in so many different ways, but uh, please do, please it's do. Deeply, it's deeply personal for me. Um, even just sticking with the, being on the spectrum, we we often forget, and I'm a guilty of this as well. So is my wife that we we don't realize that our kids can achieve great things, but it's it's different parameters for them. It's not the same as as everybody else. And I'm I I could share stories about successes of of our kids, but. Yeah, it's, it's not based on what society is saying. We got to be super careful with this, uh, as you said, where if you can't achieve this and it's then maybe we should just throw you away or or if you have Down syndrome. I mean, that issue, dry, I mean, that you really hit a nerve with that for me. People with Down syndrome, I think all of us have seen this. They're the most loving, amazing human beings ever. I mean, they're just incredible. And anyone that has relatives that uh, have Down syndrome, or, or they'll tell you it is the joy of their life to be with them. These people are unbelievable. And we want to throw that away. Why? Why, why would we do that? I mean, it's absolutely nuts to me that, that we do that. And in, in, uh, in, in abortion, obviously, it, it's a terrible evil, 
terrible, terrible evil that's going on. And it, it concerns me a great deal when I hear about they can now, I think they can now figure out if you're going to have autism. Um, and so maybe, maybe we don't want them to suffer. What, suffer? What are you talking about? Come meet my children. They're the happiest kid you ever met in your life. Truly, my son right now is a better man than I'll ever be. Let, let me jump uh, jump in there. I'm sorry to cut you off, Damien O'Connor, oh. but let me jump in there for a second because you said something I think is very important as a lesson, okay? Why are Down syndrome uh, kids particularly, why are they so joyful? You want to know why? They could teach us a lesson on joy. They're completely dependent on, the, on their parents mm -hmm. and on their siblings, okay? And there's a joy in that. In the same way, we should learn that we should not have so much anxiety Okay, because we do in America. We're all anxious about something. Okay, we should take that lesson from Down syndrome kids because they're so totally reliant on their parents. We should rely that way on God and stop worrying about everything all the time. Maybe we'd have a little bit more joy in our heart. You know, how's that for a novel idea? Like, forget about the amount of the amount of money you have in the bank for a minute. You got plenty. Okay, how about a little bit increasing the joy in your heart? We should act more like Down syndrome kids or autistic kids because they're more reliant on their parents therefore they have more joy what do you say to that that's exactly right that's exactly right and one of many lessons that i think god is putting right there in front of us not rocket science and they they do they they depend on us uh but they in that though they give us so much love it's it's absolutely overwhelming for me to be honest with you at times just in my own kids and and how kind they are i'm not that kind I'm not, I'm not as good as they are. There's a purity to them. There's a purity to whether you have Down syndrome or you're on the spectrum. Um, and it's very, they're very black and white. There's no gray area. They see things as they see them and they say things as they say. And sometimes, as I said earlier, it's funny things that they'll say because it's super direct and there's a social awkwardness at times, but they're real, mm. pure, real. Like there's nothing else going on. There's no filter there. And uh, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We, we we all we all have something to learn. We all have something to learn. I think Joe hit the nail on the head earlier. A little humility would do us all so, some good. We have a couple minutes before the break, Joe. Where do you where do you uh, where do you want to go, Joe Rusinello? You know, I'll, I'll share something just with you. And it, you know, kids teach you. All kids teach you something. Just recently, you know, we were harried for work. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. to get my kids ready, and my son you know, was frankly being lazy. And I'm like, get dressed, get dressed. And I'm like, kind of like pushing him. You got to get dressed. And he says to me, you're a mean guy. And it cut me like yeah. really deeply. Like I was just like, I am being mean. Like, mm -hmm. like kids teach you something. And, and, and I think you learn as much from your kids as you teach them. You know, it's like you just say you step back for a second. You're just like, what am I getting upset over? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. you know, because my son's right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 that's the type of stuff that like kids teach you. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. So for those that are listening, especially with uh, kids, with if they have kids with special needs, um, you know, when we go to confession, at least for me, I feel like I always say the same things over and over again. I had a priest friend that said, well, at least you're not making up new sins every time. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> but one of the things that I always almost I bring to confession every single time is how I lose my patience with my kids, especially the ones that have they're on the spectrum. I get it. You know, and I, I, I don't mind sharing that. I think people should understand while I'm sure I think I'd like to think I'm sharing some very positive things about my kids, but I also get super frustrated with them. The social awkwardness of this, of that, um, wishing they were wishing they understood something better and they're, they're just not able to. And so I bring that to confession all the time because I just, yeah, I lose my temper or whatever, you know, you know, you know what's funny is that God has to look at us the same way. You know, we, we need God's patience because he wishes we did things a little bit differently too. I'm sure. <laughs> Damien O'Connor at the front line with Joe and Joe joining us here on the Veritas Catholic radio network, Joe Pasillo and Joe Rosanello. And we're way in the breach because when you're talking about these things, you are in the breach. We're going to take a short break. Uh, Damien, where could, uh, you mentioned earlier about some resources uh, that people could use. Uh, what, what, can you repeat those for our audience? And then we'll Absol repeat them again later on. Absolutely. It's the national Catholic partnership on disability. And the website is ncpd.org. 
Awesome. All right, so we're going to be right back. We're going to take a short break. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York City metropolitan area. Stick around. We'll be right back. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Uh, please make sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And the content on our station is like the one that we have today. We're discussing autism and the Catholic faith with Damian O'Connor. And with that, I'm handing this over to Joe Racinello. Let's talk about the Knights of Columbus. Um, you know, obviously you work for them. Um, they're a great organization, great Catholic organization. How have they helped you and your wife, and what do they do uh, with regard to children with autism? It's a great question. Um, well, I'll speak first about my just my local council, so at our, at our parish. So my son, Damien Jr., um, became a knight, gosh, I think it was two, three years ago now. And it meant uh, the world to him. And the, I remember the exemplification, which is that's the process we go through when you join the knights. And at the end of it, the brothers all come up and they either shake your hand or give you a hug. And I remember it meant the world to him. And so he got to join this brotherhood of men, good men, uh, that just were extremely welcoming. And Boy, as a dad, that meant the world to me, to be honest with you, just to, to see that. And I thought, gosh, I love being a Knight of Columbus. Uh, and and they, that was very genuine. And, and so now we're super involved in our, in our local council. And these guys are nothing but kind and generous to Damien. And, and he loves it. And he feels like he's part of this group. He doesn't always understand everything that's going on, like in our meetings and things like that. Neither so do what? I, though, with anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at the Brotherhood, it's, uh, there's nothing like it in the Knights. And so, and then professionally, just being able to work at Supreme Council and um, being, it's, it's a huge blessing for me to be able to have some sort of influence uh, in how we serve those with special needs. And we created a program about four years ago called uh, the Mass for People with Special Needs. And what that is, is um, getting our councils to work with our pastors to have, not like a mass that only people with special needs go to, but it is one to celebrate them. It's one to um, welcome them and to, for the pastor to say, um, you are most, well, most, most welcome here. And, um, and it's, it's such a joy to be able to be able to put that together uh, with the Knights of Columbus. You know, you, you talked about like a feeling of belonging. That's beautiful because we all want to belong to something and autism People who have autism sometimes feel isolated. It's it's like one of the things about autism. I mean, how do you guys basically, you know, has he or, you know, your children encountered feeling isolated from God? I mean, that has to be, I think, a challenge because it, it goes along with that disorder. It it can. But in, in our case, we tried so hard to we realized that just like any child, we need to put them in situations where they will have the opportunity to encounter Christ. Interestingly enough, Joe, we discovered that at least our children that are on the spectrum, they discovered God much quicker 
than um, than other kids that are maybe we'll call them mainstream kids. Because as I said earlier, it's black and white. When they encounter God, they got it. Like there's no, they're not wondering, is this maybe, a, I don't know, it's just a coincidence or this or that. They're so pure that they, when they encounter God, they encounter God. You know, my, my son said years ago, I couldn't, I, I almost fell over when he, we walked out of church. We went in just to say a quick prayer. And he said, when I'm in a Catholic church, it's the only place I truly feel at peace. I mean, it was amazing. It's amazing. I, I don't even always say that. And I never taught him that. He's, he just he just learned it. So I think to, to answer your question, I think parents need to not hold back and trying to put them in situations where they will encounter Christ, where they will have that experience um, because they can have that encounter. And I found that people on the spectrum are much smarter than we think, much, much smarter than they think. But they're they're in a, a different world that we can't always comprehend. So they may we may think they're not as smart because of their outbursts or this or that or the social awkwardness. Not true often much smarter than we are. They, they probably, well, like you said about your daughter, recognize Jesus before we do. <laughs> exactly. You know, Hi, Jesus. You know, yeah. well, you know, well, obviously Christ is speaking to your daughter, okay? I think that's one of the things. Talk about this, Damien, a little bit. We talked mm-hmm. earlier about, um, you know, wanting to, and again, we want to make it clear out there, there's nothing wrong with achievement. We're not trying to say mm-hmm. that there's anything wrong with it, but it has to be subordinate to your heart, to your faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that's, you know, there, to achieve is a very good thing, okay? Um, but talk about the need to become like little children. I mean, if I remember correctly, I'm not a, a biblical scholar. Jesus had something to say about that, okay? He said, unless you're like any of these little ones, okay, you won't go to heaven. And I think about that all the time because, uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, I say, well, how, how do I become a little kid? Like, how to be, like, what is Jesus really saying there? You know, I think we're touching on that, and I'd love your comments on it. How do we become like the little children so that we could go to heaven? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can. Thank you for that question. I can only speak for myself. And I've reflected on this recently, especially in prayer and, and also through frustrating moments with my own kids. But, um, It occurred to me that in many ways, two of our three young adult children will always be like children, if that makes sense. They just will. They will depend on us for the rest of their lives. And I know, you know, we, our kids, even when they're adults, depend on their parents, but this is a little bit different. You know, they, they need a lot more assistance. um, And that childlike uh, reality affects us. It affects my wife and I a great deal. Uh, And so we don't take these some, a lot of things in life as seriously as others probably. Uh, life is a lot simpler for us. We, we realize that we need to be children of God. We need to surrender ourselves to God. Um, and our children, because of their, that need, it teaches us at the same time uh, that, yeah, that we need to be childlike. And uh, it, when we do that well, which is not often, but when my wife and I do that well, we have incredible peace in our lives. Um, could absolutely feel and see God's blessings around us. And God's always there. We just, we, you know, we, we think he only shows up once in a while. He's always there. And so their childlike way of living uh, affects us a great deal. Absolutely. Damien O'Connor joining us here. Hold on, Joe. uh, Joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello, we're in the breach, uh, and we're discussing autism in the Catholic faith. I'm going to hand it back over to Joe, but I would tell you this. The, The... we all think about our lives where we're, we're, we're Catholic. So we reflect on our lives, where we've been, where we are, where we're going. Some of the times when I'm just in my own head and it speaks to what you were just saying, my, my, I think that I, I could speak for all of us. Our best memories are when we were kids and we were completely reliant on our parents. And, 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 and I think in my mind, right, exactly. I like, I try to, you know, I pray on this Damien um, and say, yeah, when I was seven or eight years old, me and my brother used to play the two kids across the street and touch football. All right. With one of the kids brothers being the steady quarterback and he was cheating for them. I said, that was the best time <laughs> of my life. But I'm, I'm only bringing it up to say, because I was completely relying on my parents. Why? Cause my parents are perfect far from it, but I knew that they, they had me right here in the palm of their hands. In the same way that I know that when I'm going through tough times in life, whether it's, you know, I have a foster son and it was a challenge. You're talking about autistic kids. Joe's got five kids under under seven years old. Um, you know, we all have challenges. But, you know, I know that God has us right there in the palm of his hands. And, and, and it's when we're kids 
is when we're most joyful. Those are the most joyful memories that we have. Your thoughts on that? Then I want to hand it over to Joe. Well, that's exactly right. And so when I'm not uh, complaining and being a jerk as a dad, I realize so when my kids, yes, they're 20 and 22. And when they, they have this childlike way of living, and if I you know, get off my high horse and, and realize that it's such a great example and there's so much joy in that, um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. But I often, I'm sure there's a lot of parents with kids on the spectrum, especially adults, but well, I get frustrated. I, want them, I do want them to be more advanced at this and that. And, and when I stopped thinking that way, I realized, wow, it's such a precious gift right here. And it does help me to be childlike. And there's a lot of funny things that, that happen. They'll laugh at like kind of like an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, right? And it's funny to them. Um, and it, I have to get past the fact that my son is six foot two, 250 pounds. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a grown man as far as size, but mentally and as far as humor, yeah, he, it's, 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 it's not what most adults would be. It's more like children. And I need to embrace that more. I actually thank you for asking that question. It's a reminder to me that I need to appreciate that much more. I want to talk a little bit about abandonment. You touched on that on the other side uh, of, of the conversation, because I think it's important. There's a few things about our Catholic faith that makes us unique. Um, one is suffering, how Catholics accept suffering. Now, that's not accepting defeat. That's accepting reality, because everyone suffers on this earth. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you were played center for Princeton and, and you're an investment banker. You suffer, and we all die. So they're suffering in everyone's life. Also, forgiveness. It makes it you. It's unique. Christ's uh, like teaching on forgiveness. And as Catholics, we can go to confession. We have a place to put our sins, which makes us healthy. But in terms of suffering, because we all suffer. This doesn't I, I want to put a caveat. I don't do this perfectly, but it helps me because you know, there's suffering in every day. You get up early, you're tired, you're doing this, you're doing that. Mm -hmm. It helps me to accept it because a nun told me something once, and I always remember it. She said, Joe, everything comes from the hand of God, and everything is working towards my salvation. Everything. <clears throat> you see, we don't, <clears throat> I'm reading a book, uh, John of the Cross right now. We don't understand ourselves. We think we do. God sees us through a different lens, and he wants us to become perfect. So things happen. The key to it, when the dust clears, because as you believe me, I drop a lot of F-bombs. I'm not saying I do it perfectly. Trust me. <clears throat> but my point is, and I go to confession, but my point is when the dust clears is to accept it because everything is geared towards my perfection. Talk about that, because I don't think there. that's one of the things that make our Catholic faith unique. No one in the world does that other than Catholics. Yeah, I love this topic, which sounds strange because you're mentioning talking about suffering, but it is the most common thing, in my opinion, that human beings uh, encounter that's the same. I don't care where who you are. You just said it, Joe. Anywhere in the world doesn't matter everybody suffers and yet it is the thing we try to avoid the most it's interesting everything is about avoiding suffering and yet when you get to know a lot of the saints they learned how not only to embrace the suffering but to surrender that suffering and join in christ's redemption of the world through that suffering it's, i think it's fascinating when you look at scripture um when uh, Jesus says to Peter and Peter, you know, that he was going to, that he'll have to die. And, and Peter essentially, and you know, the, how it, I'm not quoting it exactly, of course, but Peter says, no, Lord, this can't happen to you. You know, this can't. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. I think it's the only time in scripture he refers to someone as Satan. I mean, that's as bad as it gets, right? Get behind me, Satan. I must suffer for you. I must do that. I find that fascinating. You know, we don't like to talk about suffering. We try to avoid it at all costs. And yet it is the most, one of the most powerful forms of prayer to surrender suffering. Maybe Joe, you've got something going on in your life and I'm suffering with something. I'm going to say, I'm going to offer that up for Joe in that situation. Or uh, we all have a bunch of things in our head every day that we're concerned about. I can offer that up for that. 
And it is extremely powerful form of prayer. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus referred to him as Satan. It's important that we understand the power of surrendering suffering. And it doesn't, as I said earlier, it doesn't always feel good. No. That's not the point here. But it is a very, very powerful form of prayer. And you see that in the saints. You see that in people living now, how they'll surrender things or they'll we were just fasting uh, you know, for Easter. We, we have to fast. Why? It's, it's so important that we understand the power of suffering. And I'm not making light of it. Some people suffer terribly with things. What I'm saying is it's an all, it is an opportunity to give it meaning and purpose. Don't just suffer. Give it to God. And you literally were given this gift of joining Christ's redemption of the world through that. What a, that's incredible that we're mm-hmm. allowed to we're given that opportunity. Yeah, Damian O'Connor joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello, we're speaking about autism and the Catholic faith. There's one thing, like, I got frustrated with the, like, let's say, a lot of people who beat up on the Catholic Church um, and usually criticize it and blah, 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 and why would a good God allow suffering? And I don't have a good answer for that. I really don't. I, 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 if you ask me why does God allow suffering, I, I know it has something to do with free will and sin and the fall of man, okay? I'm not a theologian, but I do know this. Okay, it's along the lines of what you said, Damien O'Connor. Okay, I know that God is not indifferent to my suffering because he suffered with us. So if you want to judge the Catholic faith on what the Catholic Church teaches, yes, we teach that you're going to have to suffer. But the God who created us also chose to suffer with us and die on a cross for us. I do know that. I don't know why. I can't, I can't, I'm like I said, I'm not going to sit there, you know, like Joe always likes to say, I didn't go to the Gregorian, so I'm not a theologian. But I do know if you're going to judge the Catholic Church on what we teach, then 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 talk about what we teach in its fullness. God suffers also. God chose to suffer with us. So we know we're not alone. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up in the first half uh, of the show. We, we talked a little bit about um, what you're mentioning now and that parents, they're, they're not alone. Those that have children with autism they're, and that you just hit the nail on the head, Joe. God is suffering with you, but he also wants to take you out of the depths of hell that you think you're in and really help you in in powerful, dramatic ways. And yet we have to let him do that. And man, let me tell you, it is so hard to first accept the fact that my children will have autism, right? And we have two, as I said, but then to surrender that, I'm a dad, I'm a guy, I wanna fix things, I wanna keep us in our lane, I I wanna protect everybody, and now I got to surrender all of that to, to God. And he is absolutely wants to, to assist us, but it's, it's hard to do it. I just want to acknowledge that again. It's not so simple, um, especially when they have special needs. But man, you're not alone in that suffering. God is so with you. And when you're suffering, he's suffering with you. But he does want to help you and take you out of that uh, and, and assist you. But we, the, the tough part is surrendering and, and letting him lead. As a guy, as a dad, it is hard. It's it's often hard, still to this day. Absolutely, Joe Rasinello. I want to I want to talk about something what you just talked about because it's I would say it's not only hard, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible, and I think mm. we have to realize that everything that Christ taught is doable. You see, that's one of the excuses of the secular world. I can't do that. You're right. Yeah. But with God, you can. Talk about what we have to do as Catholic men. What do we have to do? We have to pray daily. We we work out every day, right? So many guys, it's religion. They go to the gym. Well, we got to pray every day. Fasting is not just for Lent. Fasting is a very efficacious way to connect with God. It's in a, it shows you your limitations and your need to rely on God when you're hungry. Let's talk about the sacraments. These are things that we have to do in order to live the way God wants us to, in order to love the way God wants us to. How have those things helped you and your wife in dealing with your children? Well, they've been everything for us, to be honest with you. You know, the, the sacraments, the I nothing's been better for us. I mean, we've absolutely depended on them. Um, and, and it's such a gift. I think as Catholics, we, we just take it for granted 
We we do. I mean, the sacraments are. I mean, I don't even know how to compare it to anything else. There, you really can't. And so we've depended on sacraments a great deal, and through the sacraments, our our children have benefited through that as well. And I mentioned how Mary noticed that Jesus was right there, or my son will stay in confession for half an hour, even though there's a line of people waiting to get in because he experiences so much peace and so much joy there. Um, and it's absolutely wonderful. Now the people are probably upset that are behind him there, but uh, the sacraments, fasting, um, sometimes it's fasting from food, as you said, but oftentimes, and I think people relate to this that are listening, if you have children on the spectrum, you have to fast from a lot of activities you might normally do if your kids weren't on the spectrum. And so you do, you have to, or you have to leave a party that you're at or a reception or something uh, that you really wanted to enjoy, but you just can't uh, because they're having an outburst or they're overstimulated, which is a very, very common thing, very common. And so we have to fast from that and surrender uh, that to God too. Everything is an opportunity to surrender and sufferings are, they're kind of just put in our lives and we have to figure out how best to, to handle that. But in our case, we've found that um, it's always an opportunity for prayer. To be fair though, Joe, I don't, I screw up at this a lot too. You can get frustrated in this and that, but on the good days, we realize uh, it's an opportunity to surrender it to God. You know, because God's will, you hear this too. What's God's will? God's will is your life right now. It's right in front of you. Like an accepting. Everything is accepting. I think of the movie The Passion with Mel Gibson. Mm. How Our Lady Suffered. The Seven Sorrows of Mary. The very end, her hand, her very son is killed. And she lets go of it. You see, that's a key. I think to life is God is working. Like I I've said to myself, I can't go to adoration. Like I want to, I, I got to take care of my family. What am I going to do? I'm just going to be like to my wife. See ya. I'm going to pray for an hour. Can't do it. There's yeah. a lot of things I can't do. Accepting it. You see, God is made called me to be holy right where I am. That's the will of God. You see everyone else. We're, we're thinking like we have to do. No, no, no. Right there. And that's a part of accepting. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Talk about that. I think because we get these, like as Catholics, we think we have to do big, big things. No, no, no. Right here, right where we're at. Yeah, it's a great question. A lot of people, um, you know, hear about others that have these big stories, right? But most of us have little stories or situations that, that we deal with every day. And I learned a long time ago from my dad, who was a, he was a knight for 62 years, God rest his soul. And um, he said, and I was struggling with a particular situation at the time and so on and so forth. And he's, and I thought he was going to be sympathetic to me. And he said, Damien, in any given day, you may be the only person through which someone will encounter Christ. It changed my life, that line. I mean, it's literally how I try to live. So to your point, when I'm with my children or with my wife or with whomever, you know, in that moment, I have to remember, I may be it for that person, even a, a, a close relative that I'm living with. I may be it for that whole day, you know, through which they will encounter Christ. It doesn't mean I'm qualified, which I'm not. And it doesn't mean I'm ready or feel like it, but I have to, I take that seriously. It really helps focus my life and how I try to live my faith. I may be it. You know, when you're holding the door, you might hold the door, but the person's maybe like three steps too far back. They're not really close, but you stand there anyways that little gesture that might've been it for that person that day, just someone being nice to them. Right. You know something? I, I also think the witness of you and your wife loving your children, I think it impacts people in a, in a way you will never understand ever. You see, this is another thing that like people discount those type of events. You are a witness to life by the way you love your kids. And that's for anyone out there taking care of the elderly, having children, L Joe Pasillo fostering a child. That is a witness to life that words can't talk about. Words can never address. And that is important. We as Catholics have to live as Catholics. And that's a witness. Very important. Joe, Joe Russell, go ahead, Damien, because then I want to pick up on that. Yeah, I'm so happy you just brought that up. Salvation history was changed forever 
by a family? And they could have said no. Think about that. And so we forget the impact. And thank you for your kind words. And I don't know that we deserve what the, your compliment there, but all, I, I know this, that families that, that make prayer the center of their lives, that do their very best um, to be a strong Catholic family and struggle like crazy, like you said, and we thank God for the sacraments. I absolutely believe that it changes the world. I believe the ripple effect changes the world. And yet we don't feel like it. What difference does it make? And I think that's the evil one coming in. I think a, a family that really tries to live their faith, the ripple effect is beyond what we can measure, even if we don't feel like it in the, in the moment as a family. So I really appreciate you bringing that up because a, a family changed salvation history forever. Absolutely. Damien O'Connor, let me ask you this. We only have a few minutes left. Um, we're talking about action more than words. Again, we're supposed to use words. Hey, if we didn't use words, Joe and I wouldn't be here. <laughs> so we have to use words. We have to talk about things. But we you know, obviously, we're also more importantly talking about action. Let's talk about the Knights. Let's talk about there's a lot, you know, a lot of people here, Knights of Columbus, Knights of Columbus, Knights of Columbus. Okay. What is it that you guys do? What is the Knights? Briefly, all right, we only have a couple minutes, but why should people support the Knights? What are the different things that you do to reflect Christ in a very practical ways out there in society? Let our, let our audience know about like what the Knights of Columbus is at its core. Okay, at its core, and this is how I describe it for me personally, and it's, it's, it will be inadequate, inadequate what I'm about to say, but it, it's how I explain it. And it comes down to uh, three words for me. It's believe, choose, and avoid. We, the Knights of Columbus, we believe that living our faith makes a difference. And you have to, it sounds so simple, but it's not. You actually have to believe it. So the smallest act of love to something more dramatic, like we're doing incredible work right now in, in, uh, for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine that are coming into Poland. I mean, we're super active there. But so we believe that living our faith makes a difference. And that's very inspiring to me. Secondly, we choose to live differently than secular society. We draw that line, put a stake in the ground. I can't control what all these other people are doing, what's going on in society, but I can control uh, or I can at least influence my Knights of Columbus Council, my family, my parish. Like we choose to live differently. We choose to dress differently. And you, and you see that. Um, it's, it's a sign, it's a symbol that we try to be. We, obviously, we fail at this a lot, but we choose to live differently. And the third part is, for me, avoid. We know that we're powerless without God. So therefore, as men of faith, we try to avoid those things that lead us to sin. Because as soon as you say, um, well, I go to Mass every day, I go to confession all the time, I go to adoration, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And I can allow myself to go in situations where I might be tempted to sin. We'll often think, I'll be fine. Well, then you just said you're smarter than the evil one, and you never will be. So as knights, we do try to remember that we're powerless without God and try to avoid those things that lead, that lead us to sin. So at, at our core, that's how I describe it. You know, that, that's why I love being a knight. That's why guys want to join and be part of this. And I'm not even getting into the incredible amount of service work that we do around, uh, around the world. Our financial products, our insurance uh, options for guys that are members, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And, and these, these things that we offer to them, these financial products, are you can always trust that we never invest in things that are, and, are against the teachings of the Catholic Church. And so I love that part, too. It's, just, it's the whole package. And I think we don't do a great job at really explaining who we are, you know, because we, I think we try to be too humble. And I think we need to share much more who we are at our core. And I, I thank you for letting me reflect on that for a second. Well, because Joe and I always talk about, you know, the need to support Catholic organizations, radio stations like Veritas Catholic Network, mm -hmm. this group, that group. Well, the Knights do a lot of great work. I mean, let, let, let's let's call it the they way do. it is. Okay, they they do a lot of great work. We know from our experience with the Sisters of Life how mm -hmm. grateful they are, you know, to, to to the Knights. I mean, they have that you know one of the beautiful properties they have up in Connecticut because yeah. of the Knights. Okay, and what are the Knights? Men acting like Catholic men. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, a little different, a little outside the mainstream. Joe, we only have about thirty seconds left. I, I want to piggyback on that. The Knights of Columbus is community. And this is something I think we could do better as a church. The Knights basically create community for men. We need that. 
Men should invest their time in organizations like the Knights of Columbus because we all need to, to be with like-minded people. It strengthens you. And we have to seek out people who think like us in this culture because it's tough out there. And that you guys do that wonderfully. And frankly, it can't be understated. Joe, Joe, we have to leave it there. Damien, where can people support anything you have going on right now that you're looking for support? Uh, just go to kfc.org. Um, and that's, and most especially right now, we're, we're uh, looking for people to support our efforts uh, for in Poland, but for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And uh, literally 100% of the, any money that's donated literally goes to, to it does, there's no overhead there. It goes straight to assisting uh, those that are in Ukraine. So awesome. uh, that would be great if people are interested in checking that out, kfc.org. Damian O'Connor, thanks again for coming back on the front line with Joe and Joe. We're glad and blessed that you are a friend of the show. So thank you again, and we thank you all out there for listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. Um, and finally, if you'd like to support Joe and I on social media, the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV on YouTube, and our website, the Frontline tv.com the frontline tv.com and remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere we'll talk to you soon